heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the masculine journey. We hope that your Saturday is going well. Uh, that it's just been a, a blessed day for you, and we're glad that you're here with us. And we're going to continue to talk about being fathered by God. Now I know we've talked about it a little bit, but Dennis, you had an interesting stat from last week that you didn't get to say, right? About how many times fathers in the Bible? Yeah, I looked it up. Uh, Blue Letter Bible, I think, is where I went in the NIV. One thousand ninety-five times fathers mentioned. So it oh, might be important. Might just be. Right. So, Rob, you think it's an important topic that that God wants us to know about? Yeah. It, it's actually huge in my world, too, because I spend a great deal of time studying, okay, we got God the Father, we got Jesus the Son, we got the Holy Spirit. How do we relate to this triune God and that God the Father is a gigantic, actually one-third of the equation? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And when Jesus is pressed yeah. to say, you know, how do, how do we pray? He begins with our Father. There you go. Right? And so, you know, he leads right back to God, and, and we talked on other shows that he even describes himself as the way to the Father in scripture mm-hmm. right so so the point is the father and so we're going to continue to talk about being fathered by god but what does that really look like and and how do you do that how do you walk with god fathering you dennis if i ask you how do you walk in god fathering you how do you go about doing that in your life uh, you keep in touch huh? you, you you talk to each other on a regular basis you communicate a lot of that's listening uh you get it through the words that he's given us. Uh, we were talking about that earlier. I mean, how, how does any relationship grow? It grows through communication. Right. It's relationship. Yeah. At the end of the day, Robbie, if, if I ask you, how do you walk in this and let God father you, how would you respond to that? Well, it's kind of neat because everything kind of comes together at that point of your identity. You know, he's going to have you in certain adventures that bring you closer together. If you, mm-hmm. if he challenges you to go do something, especially in ministry, then all of a sudden you're like, well, I got nothing. <laughs> and I really need your help here. Cause I'm, you know, I'm supposed to speak here in an hour and you know, I really, and, you sure and, I'm your guy. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Kinney gave me a quote once. He said that if you, if you think you know your calling and it's something you're capable of doing, it's probably not your calling. Because when God gets involved in your life, it, it brings out these tremendous adventures that quite often challenge you to come into that, to lean into the Father, to lean into an opportunity to, to be taught, which for me uh, is, is precious, precious time in the morning. When I wake up at 5.30 in the morning, my, my eyes open up like, oh, man, he, I know he's going to give me something cool. It's that manna that I think that the, the, the Israelites gathered every morning, and I really, really look forward with anticipation every morning to see what manna the Father has for me. Yeah, I think that the other question would be also, how do we walk away from that? I mean, unknowingly, how do we find ourselves all of a sudden not in the position where we're letting God father us? I mean, have you guys ever found yourself in that position of, wait a minute, I'm not where I thought I was? Yeah, the IRS calls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. 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 We got so and so with the IRS holding for you, Robbie, on line one. Well, yeah, 
all of a sudden, you know, I'm off in Wonderland somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to be honest, I had a conversation today, and it wasn't intentionally about this, but uh, Al, who's normally on the show with us, and he's off, uh, had been doing VBS this week, so he's kind of recuperating from that. But uh, he is... uh, was asking me, Sam, have you, have you been asking the father about your neck? You know, I've been having trouble with my neck, and mm-hmm. he's been on me to pray about it, you know, and I keep saying, yeah, I'll, I'll pray, and, and I just haven't. And finally today, he's sitting in front of me, he says, okay, so why aren't you praying about it? <laughs> you know, and when it came down to it, it's not that I don't trust God. I, I do trust God. There's just something in me that yeah. God's trying to say, look, I need you to let go. Mm-hmm. Right, I don't think it's a distrust issue. Maybe it's a control issue. Maybe it's I feel I don't want to bother God with it. Yeah. But obviously, in that, there's something in it. And in the neck, I'm sure he wants me to do something with. But I think the bigger issue is he wants me to address why am I not coming to him with it? Yeah. You know, what option do, do, does he want me to do? I'm going to steal a little thunder from Coach's Corner, which you guys are going to hear from Roger Price here in a half an hour or so on the station on Mission Magazine. But he talks about how when he throws the, the tennis ball to his dog... <laughs> how the dog holds on tightly it won't let him bless him to throw it again because he wants to hold on to that ball mm-hmm. and, and and so much of our lives are exactly like, <laughs> like that gold retriever we don't we don't want to let go of the tennis ball so god can throw it again for us we uh we are going to be talking today about god fathering us god being our father i'll say it that way <laughs> um, that was for Vinny. that was for Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but also when god uses other people to father us. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to get a clip about a coach from Coach Carter. We're going to listen to it right now. And in this clip, he's made an agreement. He's a basketball coach. He's made an agreement with the guys. It's an inner city school that grades are important and they've signed a contract to work on their grades. And he gets an update from the teacher and he walks into a meeting. And let's kind of see how that plays out between the, all of them. Wyatt! Gentlemen. In this hand, I hold contracts signed by me and signed by you. In this hand, I hold academic progress reports prepared by your teachers. We have six players failing at least one class, eight players getting incompletes based on attendance. Gentlemen, you have failed to up... I'm sorry. We have failed. We have failed each other. Now, there are some of you who have upheld this contract, but know that we are a team. And until we all meet the terms of this contract, the gym will remain locked. Locked? What? 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 Locked. For like for the day? You must mean for the day. Mr. Thompson, Mr. Gessick, and Ms. Sherman have generously volunteered their time to help us reach our goals. But coach, I have a 3.3. That's good, sir. Do you score all the points for the team too? We are the Richmond Oilers. Do you know what Oilers stands for? Sir? Know that you're not just walking out on me. You're walking out on them. I had to beg you. And then I ran all those sprints. I did all that. I killed myself for you, sir. To get back on the team. So as you guys listen to that, you know, what do you hear a little bit of? You've got a guy that's stepping into a father's role, but what's the response at least from one of the one of the people? That's inappropriate. That's not fair. Yeah. It's not fair. <laughs> and it's not fair because it's all about him. 
to him you know so he, he he's he's out there going it's it's all me and what he's trying to instill what the coach is trying to instill is no we're a team we're in this together and i think that's what you were talking about being fathered earlier you know it, the times when i can best be father, fathered is when i'm humbled mm-hmm. is when there's humility when when i get away from father is when i'm starting to think that dennis has got it going on uh or i can handle it by myself or i don't need my brothers to help father me that's when i'm not in a very good place you hear a guy that that doesn't want to accept the discipline right as we were talking about earlier that he really just doesn't want to accept discipline and even when you step back and look at it not being there it's really in a loving way i mean this guy's paid to be a basketball coach he's paid to win games and yet he's locking the gym so that they can't come in and practice or or participate and so you have him saying look i'm putting a lot at risk here because i care about you but they don't really have eyes to see it do they no, and I, and I wonder <laughs> some of the stuff that God's disciplining me with, that he too sees something that, that really I am just totally getting blindsided by, but he has this good heart that he knows that this is something that I really need. Yeah, I, I know that there's times that we all walk through periods of time in our life when things happen that we don't understand. And, and I don't personally anyway subscribe to the, the fact that God orchestrates all these events. You know, it's not that way in Scripture. Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden due to their own choice. And, of course, the enemy, the influence of the enemy. And they had some consequences to live out. And yet, we still find ourselves in these hardships, and God uses those. God uses those to come after our heart. The coach here didn't create the situation. He he took some ownership of it. He said, you know, maybe I could have done something different. We have an issue. But he didn't create the situation, and yet he's still entering in on their behalf to help them get some healing or get some life out of it, really, is what he's trying to get them. Well, he, and I think we're going to deal with this in another clip a little bit more, but uh, he sees the big picture with them. He sees further than their – and think about when you're a teenager, too, and a lot of us still walk around acting like teenagers some days, but uh, we don't see – five years down the road, 10 years down the road. And God tells us, though, in his word that, that we're not really created for that anyhow. We're created for smaller periods of time. Uh, he's the one that's looking out for our best interest down the road, and sometimes that involves discipline. Like Hebrews twelve six is very specific that the good news about that discipline is you're his boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that, the, the re, that this is an act of love, and, and it's an illustration to you of your position under the father it, it is that you're enduring this because he is wanting to get you to the next level. And, and, and this coach in this case is going to show how he can take them to a level. They really didn't think they could go. Yeah. And they just see into your point, the smaller story, right? But, but the coach is saying, you know what, there's more here going on than you really realize. And he has the greater need. You know, the old adage, it's easy to say no to something if there's a greater yes on the other side of it. You know, I can say no to this thing that I think I need now if I know there's a greater yes yeah. down the road that I'm going to want. Uh, but yet, God sees that greater yes all the time when we don't have eyes to see it. And there are also some folks out there, some guys out there listening today that are probably going, in, in the case of these teenage guys, maybe they hadn't been fathered at all up to this point. This is their first experience with that, with the coach. Mm-hmm. Some of them probably didn't even ha- have fathers in their homes based on uh, the story. 
Right. Or if they had fathers in their homes, they were off to work. Yeah. Right. Or they weren't around for one reason or another. Or, you know, we've talked in, on past shows. And if you'd like to learn more about, you know, that fatherlessness, you can go back and listen to some podcasts that we've done over the last few weeks at masculinejourneyradio.org and, and listen to them then. But we talked about there's many different ways to be fatherless in our society. It's not necessarily the father being out of the home. It could just be right. disconnected. You know, the father's just not engaged in your life. And so we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about God fathering you and, and kind of finalize this topic this week and, and move into how he's still fathering you himself and how he's using others to continually father us. And we're going to give you some examples of that. If you like information on an upcoming event, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. We've got a couple of cool things there. We've got a Dove Camp coming up. We've got a Fantasy Football League. You want to go join that because we're going to beat Dennis this year. It's not going to happen. Have you ever wanted to meet Vinny Menino in person? We're talking The Guardfather. Oh, it is a treat. We have an opportunity coming up for you Thursday, July 24th. It's music at twilight. <laughs> in Kernersville. So join us at downtown Kernersville this Thursday from 6 to 8. Stop by the WTRU tent. We'll have the whole Masculine Journey team there. We're going to have Dennis. Hey, can I sing? The question isn't whether you can sing. The question is, can you sing? And Al. Al Henley. You can't miss Al. <laughs> We're going to have some great giveaways. Downtown Kernersville. It's from 6 to 8 on Thursday. Can I sing? Your phone, your tablet, your iPad, your Android just became a radio. That's right. You can take the Truth Network with you everywhere now thanks to our brand new Truth Network app. That's right. Listen to Dr. Michael Brown the Line of Fire, the Christian Car Guy with Robbie Dilmore, Truth Talk Live, all of our programming 24-7 right there in your hand. Perhaps you're out of range of your radio or traveling in a busy airport. You can plug into the Truth Network. Just go to truthnetwork.com to download the new free app. That's truthnetwork.com. Welcome back to Masculine Journey. I have a hard time talking over that music. I love listening to it, and so I just sit there and listen sometimes and just drift away. No, not really. I just uh, I do like listening to it. Dennis, we're talking about being fathered by God, and sometimes there's things that happen in our life that we don't have the full context. Is that right? No, we don't see the big picture that, that God sees. Uh, we don't necessarily know what he has in mind for us 20 years down the road. I can honestly tell you that uh, from the time I was 18 years old and first came to Christ to, to now, I would have never imagined that my life would have had these turns. But I see sometimes now why some things have happened. Would have never been able to see that at the time. Well, that's back when they had wind-up cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Usually it's Robbie. Robbie, you should laugh Robbie, at that, man. <laughs> He's the ancient one in the group. <laughs> uh, no, they were called cranks. <laughs> yeah, I know. Up. You know, I'm, I'm not the car guy. What can I say? But there is a bigger story. The one thing that God does see, I mean, he gets to see what's fully happened to us our whole life, the things that we've agreed with the enemy on. I mean, he's got the whole context of what's going on. And he knows what the enemy's trying to do, and we don't always see it. And so he knows all the players, he knows everything that's going on, and he has a full context, and, and he's able to coach us through some things and help us see that bigger picture in the right time, which actually leads me to a clip from Coach Carter. And what's happened here is he's continued to lock the kids out of the gym. It's not just for the day. It's been longer as he's waiting on them to get their grades up. And as a result, he's getting a lot of notoriety in the press, you know, nationally, that, hey, there's something different here. you got a coach that's actually locking his players out of the gym so they'll increase their grades. And so they have another team meeting, and I want you to listen to how the players go after him and how he responds to them. Let's take this time to say whatever it is we want while the doors are closed. You have the floor. This is about us. 
coach, man. This ain't about us. This is all about Coach Carter. We're the basketball team. All I see is you on TV getting famous. Is that all you see? That's all I see. <laughs> you ain't lying. Well, let me tell you what I see. I see a system that's designed for you to fail. Now, I know you all like stats, so let me give you some. Richmond High only graduates 50% of its students. And of those that do graduate, only 6% go to college. Which tells me when I walk down these halls and I look in your classrooms, maybe only one student is going to go to college. Coach Carter, if I ain't going to college, where am I going to go? Now that's a great question. And the answer for young African-American men in here is this. Probably to prison. In this county, 33% of black males between 18 and 24 get arrested. So look at the guy on your left. Now look at the guy on your right. One of you is going to get arrested. Growing up here in Richmond, you're 80% more likely to go to prison than college. Those are the numbers. Now I want you to go home and look at your lives tonight and ask yourself, do I want better? If the answer is yes, I'll see you here tomorrow. And I promise you, I will do everything in my power to get you to college and to a better life. So you think that coach saw a little bit of the bigger picture, Robbie? Do you think that's something that he kind of had in mind as he's, as he's doing what they feel is unreasonable? Yeah, it, it's a remarkable collection of discernment and understanding that of a loving father. And, and, you know, we did an exercise based on being fathered by God where we, where we sat down and tried to determine how many fathers God had sent into our life. And, mm-hmm. and as you mentioned, I, I, I listed mine and I went, wow, one after the other. After There were 28 people like Coach Carter that God had sent in my life at different times to speak those truths into me in unique ways still with a message that his his love is coming through if you can't hear god the father's love through coach carter i, I don't think you have ears to hear yeah you're, you're truly not listening to the heart that's behind it and god's not these people aren't taking god's place no he's just using them to help get to us maybe in a way we're not allowing him to or to reconfirm some things or help us to see mm-hmm. it from a different perspective and so he's using these people in our lives to to come in and, and really just help us move through a difficult place. And you know, Dennis, have you had an opportunity to think about some people that's fathered you in some situations? Yeah, many. And a couple of you are sitting in this room right now. Uh, in particular, I wanted to mention Robbie, though, because there was a there was a time just recently, uh, back in March, when I was having a really tough time, and uh, called Robbie on the phone, or you called me, I don't remember which. But uh, we were getting ready for a boot camp. We were a week or two out of a boot camp. And he had called to see if I was coming to a boot camp. Uh, heard what was going on with me. And he'd been reading Isaiah 61. And he said, well, I'm just going to proclaim this right now, the year of Dennis. <laughs> and uh, just spoke love to me. Uh, spoke uh, hope to me. And, and I have to tell you, that's lasted. That's lasted from that time to now. That was the start of it. And mm-hmm. Sam, you've been involved in it as well. But that 
brought some change into my life and him telling me there's a bigger God was using him to say there's a bigger picture for you than how you're feeling right at this moment and what's going on with you right at this moment and I see these things down the road for you and he used Robbie in such an awesome way using his word using God's word so yeah what a great experience that was yeah I think there are times that you can look back and say okay I understand the one the people that are close to me Maybe God using them, but has there been some times when it's just somebody completely out of the blue or someone that you wouldn't say was really grounded in the gospel? I mean, we we have a lot of friends. I'm not going to put Robbie on the spot, but Robbie <laughs> is a guy I know that is in the Bible every single day. We have some people, including me, that says, well, I'm there every day. Robbie <laughs> is there every day, and so we know that he's, he's grounded in it, but has there been mm-hmm. times that, that God's used other people, not necessarily from a Christian perspective, to father you in the midst of some things? Oh, I can remember a basketball coach. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Similarly, I, because as a, as a young boy, if you read my upcoming book, The Legend of Banana Pants, because I was six foot five and I had to wear these yellow corduroys, <laughs> and I weighed 135 pounds and I was falling all over my own two feet, and, and I fouled out of this game because I could barely walk without falling. And every time I fell on another player, they'd call a foul. <laughs> they didn't realize it. Kid can't walk. And so uh, oh, as I came out of the game, I'll, I'll never, ever forget that coach. Just he, look at those arms. Look at the way you've been. And, and he spoke love into me like, he, you're, you didn't fall out. This, you know, they dismissed it. And even though he was disagreeing with the ref, he did it in such a loving way. It's something I will never, ever ever forget because what he was telling me sam is something you tell me quite often is you got a good heart and i know you didn't mean to foul anybody you were trying to play the game mm-hmm. he, and i knew you were trying to play the game and he spoke that into me at a time that was just like i was just totally dejected mm-hmm. <laughs> you know we've, we've talked about this topic off and on and and you know i think it's one that god will continually bring to you some people in the past and also currently that he uses, you know, today I told you about the meeting with Al that was just, we're going to meet and talk about something else. And, and God had a message for me in it. And it wasn't though I was avoiding God, but God used my friend Al to get my attention and turn me back to the father to ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was really pretty cool for me to have that happen. We have a, a clip I'm going to go to, and then we're going to come back and talk about it a little bit, but it's a, kind of a summary of what happens in these guys' lives. They, they go ahead and they, they get their grades turned around. They have a pretty decent basketball year. But then they have another meeting. Um, they're, they're not done. What happens is somebody comes in and, and cuts the locks off the gym so they can go practice. And so they're going to go have this team meeting. They haven't had a good year yet, excuse me. And, and they go into this team meeting and listen to what the boys say. Now, the locks been cut been cut off. They're still gathered where they've been gathering to study. And the coach walks in. Let's listen to how this talk goes. Sir, they can cut the chain off the door, but they can't make us play. We've decided we're going to finish what you started, sir. Yeah, so leave us be, coach. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We were all meant to shine as children do. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same as we are liberated from our own fear. 
our presence automatically liberates others. Sir, I just want to say thank you. You saved my life. Thank you, sirs. All of you. If you haven't seen the movie, I'm going to spoil it. You know, uh, so you can still watch it. It's a good spoiler movie. alert. Spoiler. Uh, but if you haven't seen the movie, the, the one that's talking at the end, that's doing the, the Nelson Mandela quote, right, Robbie, which we'll get to that here in a minute, yeah. but is doing the, the quote, uh, which I thought was actually just from the movie. That's how much I know, um, was the same boy that walked out. He's the same boy that walked out and said, you know, I I'm given up. I'm not going to go there. And his life was turned drastically around. Now this is all based on a true story, which makes it incredibly cool that, a coach cared that much to risk it all to impact these boys' lives. And so as you listen to that, that's such a great clip. But what do you, what do you pull from that? Well, to me, there's a phenomenal truth that we find actually in Psalm 2 when David said it, which just grabbed my attention completely actually this morning. When David said in Psalm 4-2 that, how long will you people turn my glory into shame? Meaning that, wow, I have this glory and my biggest fear may not be that I fail. My biggest fear may be that I succeed at some level where I'm called upon to continue to, to succeed at that level, mm-hmm. which is, is a really scary thing. And, and John Eldridge, in his book, Wake the Dead, make, make, talks about one time he gave this tremendous performance as an actor, and he got this standing ovation, and people went crazy. He ran off the stage scared to death. Mm-hmm. And I can totally relate to that at a different level in that one time I had an opportunity to be on Fox and Friends in New York City and there were however many million people watching that that God gave me an opportunity to do. And in the same exact way as I was reading John Eldridge's words, I remember how I ran from the studio to to go to try hide somewhere because, you know, of, of, of what that experience was like to be unclothed in your glory is a is a phenomenally scary thing isn't that similar to what elijah did yeah he ran like yeah that. which doesn't make any sense <laughs> when you read the scripture but he did as well and so we want to ask you to say okay god how do i let you father me right now in the situation i'm in today how do i let you father me yes with my kids yes with my spouse yes with work how do i let you father me and how am i walking away from you when i don't even know it You've been listening to Masculine Journey. To get more information on upcoming events or listen to past podcasts, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Have a great day.